Gascoigne going to have a crack? He is, you know. Oh, I say! This is the Filthy Shambles podcast. We are in season three. This is episode 16. I'm joined by Dan. Dan, welcome again. Hello, mate. What ever. are you saying? You good? Yeah, I, I am good. I've got a question for you, mate. Go on. Do we deserve to be sat top of the Premier League? Of course you fucking do. Been the best team in the league so far. Can't say nothing else other than that, can you? Okay, bravado aside, let, let's just play devil's... <laughs> I'm playing devil's advocate because I want to be a bit of a dick about this because no, go on. Like the, the thing about the thing about rival fans being rattled is a bit of a meme because I think most most people probably don't care. But obviously, you go by what you read on social media, and there's a lot of deconstruction over Tottenham. You know, oh, they've played the bottom four clubs, doesn't count. They got luck against Liverpool. They barely drew against Arsenal. And there's there's this just noise around Spurs. It's as if Spurs aren't allowed to legit win games of football that are basically churned out by a computer that does the fixtures. Um, Spurs, if they play a team that's considered to be easy fodder for the top teams, usually when we fail to win those games, it's like typical Tottenham, can't get the job done. Spurs have gone about their business pretty well sitting top after eight games it's not like it's not like we have to lose games just to appease the the the, the these rival fans so j- j- let's just think about it. it from their perspective right just just for a moment let's just let's just do this to get it out of the way is it anything about the the opening eight games that, that, that makes you think it's a false position that we have been lucky in certain games we have left it late mm. Or does all of that don't? Does all of that just not really matter anyway? Because it's just eight games, and because Spurs are on a far longer journey. That this isn't about Tottenham winning the league. Because I don't think any Spurs fan genuinely believes. Again, memes aside, that we're going to win the league. That we're going to challenge for the league. If we fall into that position accidentally because of the momentum of other teams is a bit ropey. Then fair enough. But at the moment, it's just about foundation building, right? But does it worry you that the drop-off might impact, the, uh, you know, the our, our heads? Because at the minute we're all buzzing, we're all enjoying mm. it, and we all our expectations for some supporters might change a little bit. No, but I think everyone, I think most people, or most reasonable people, reasonable people know that like we're probably doing far better than we thought we would at this stage of the season. Like being unbeaten after this amount of time, especially when you consider the teams that we've played. And two of the, like two out of three of those, what I would call the really sort of big test, big test games, right? Like in Man United, Arsenal, and Liverpool, we've won two of them, and I don't think many people thought that would happen. But it just so happens that United have been like proper shit at the start of this season. Liverpool can't, obviously, you know, they've got really bad discipline in a lot of their games. They've finished the games with with, with ten men or less on too many occasions, haven't they? Like mm-hmm. we we can't help that. That's what they're doing. So. I think that we all we can do is just be applauded for at least 
just doing our best and doing what we've tried to do and I, I do at least we've been consistent with it right as well like it's, it's not like we've had one surprise performance I think we've turned up and tried to do the same thing in every single game so it's not really luck when you put it down when you look at it in that way it's not really lucky is it but at the same time I think that we can all you know reasonably expect there to be I don't know a I don't want to call it a blip because you don't know what a blip is. Like we're in a bit of a new era under this manager mm. and this style of play with like a lot mm. of new players, aren't we? So, you know, there's not enough data to kind of like give you any anomalies yet. You know, like you've got a sort of hundred like, percent. You just got to wait so like for on. you just got to wait for like more of the season to take place before we can re, re like look back on. I'd say a halfway point, isn't it? Like we need to get to January and then maybe look back on the first half of the season and kind of like have a review of like everything that's happened up to that point. But right now, so far, I've, I just think it's all good. And like, we've, we've just got to keep doing what we're doing in terms of supporters, really, because I think we're doing our part in terms of trying to G the team up as much as we possibly yeah. can. Um, and just like, you know, the players just got to carry on doing what they're doing, which is what the seemingly what the manager's asking of them at this point. It's like, it's like being in a, in a new relationship with the first few dates, just, absolutely slap right because like it's a, it's brand new it's different to what you had you feel rejuvenated uh there's a lot of chemistry in there you're finding things out about each other and and even even things that you might maybe scratch your chin about but then you think well hold on a minute that's fine because that's that's something that doesn't matter in the moment because you're literally in those early days of a relationship it's just this kind of mad attraction that you have uh, physically and and the person the personality side right right the, the the talking and the the connections that you make in conversation and whatever else and that's what it feels like under Postacoglu and at the same time Spurs are still doing a very Tottenham thing in the and we talk about this obviously the the Luton game being a perfect example of creating a problem in game that we then have to conquer and get past even if it's Luton even if it's mm. you know even if it's a game that we should have won at, at a canter based on the opening half an hour or so. But the point being is that every game has been a test, mainly because we've had four years where the expectations have been really difficult for us to to, to, to kind of grasp and understand and embrace and uh, and appreciate and the rest of it. It's, it's been a bit of a chore for us, whereas at the minute... We've bought into the noise. We've bought into the togetherness and all the other things. And it's just the level of performance every game. Sometimes the football doesn't work. And that's because certain players don't work. Or we, we're still missing certain types of players. Or we haven't kind of worked out a change of of design or tempo within the game to a level that allows us to maybe push on and absolutely boss it and not have to wait until the final five, six minutes of injury time. But these things are not expected by us, right, from the go, because it's literally a brand new manager who's trying to build and trying to uh, reintroduce the culture. I said earlier today we're kind of like um, kind of changing the culture of the club, but someone pointed out on Twitter, uh, and rightly so, that we we had this culture once upon a time, we'd just forgotten about it. And it's mm. just been brought back into the fold by by, by Poster Coglu. Um, so I mean, okay. So just just playing with, with this meme, you're quite right. There's something that you said that for some reason that Spurs winning these types of games doesn't 
really gain any credit or you know any appreciation or respect from anybody in 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 the kind of the rival verse of, of, of football and it doesn't matter that much because do we really care what rival supporters are saying they're never going to say something good about us mm. but do, but do you think um it, you know i saw the fighting cock mention that we're kind of under the radar i mean can you be under the radar if you're top of the league um and but do you do you think do you do you do you look at it and worry about maybe those blips and worry about those moments where you know the expectations are lowered because we might not win for three games for whatever reason and then we mm. have to build up again like has it changed your expectations for the season i think i'm more confident than well i think we i think we're all a lot more confident of getting like champions league football again at this point right so far like at the start of the season I'll i was probably so. At the start of the season, like I was properly in the let's hope for top top six kind of camp, just considering where we were, where we, excuse me, where we finished last season and what the sides around us were doing, and it just shows like it don't always pan out the way that you think it might until the balls start getting like until the games start getting played, right? Um, and so, so I, I feel like we've I do feel like we've had seasons like this before. I know that. There's like statistically, it's our best se- It's our best start to a season for fucking god knows how many years. Like it was that they said, when it's something like twenty five, thirty five years or something stupid like that. It's since nineteen sixty one, I think. Oh bloody hell, even longer and, than and, right. So I, I, I think it's since since that season. And that season, we won the opening eleven games. There was another season. There was one of the seasons we had under Redknapp where we was top around about this sort of time as well, where we just we just started the season really well. Like um, I think. You know, Bale was in his pomp. I think we had Van der Vaart and stuff like that as well, mm. right? Where, you know, we've had seasons like this, but it just always shows, like, that's why the game, that's why a season, like, is, you know, to when it comes to winning the league, it's all about, like, how it looks across 38 games as opposed to, what, how many have we played now? Seven, something like that, six, seven games. Don't even know how many it is. But, eight. like, eight games, right? There you go, cheers. So, like, after that, <laughs> after that amount of games, it's like, it's still so early, isn't it? Like you've still yeah. got so long like left to go in the season. But you st- the stats that we saw across the weekend were quite reassuring about after this many... The, the, uh, the amount of teams who have had this many points after this many games, it was like 11 of them went on to win the league and God knows how many of them went on to win, uh, to get into the top four and stuff like that or qualify for the Champions League. So that's that's why I feel like the we we kind of have to finish top four now just because... The precedent, the level's been set, and we've got to keep up to a certain extent what we're doing. Maybe not enough to win the league, but at least like to get back into the top four or five, whatever you want to call it, and and get Champions League football. And then what you were saying about like maybe not getting credit like from I don't know pundits, media, whoever you want, rival fans, whatever you want to call it. Mm. I kind of get it to a certain extent because we don't deserve. We've not done anything yet. We don't deserve too much credit. Like you kind of deserve the amount that's due for winning the games or getting the points that we've got. Whereas, so like what we've, we've beaten a Liverpool side who went down to nine men. Like you can call it what you want, but that's what happened in it. Like we beat yeah. a Liverpool side that went down to nine men and that's not our fault. That's their fault. But that's, that's what we was up against a United side who are like their fucking shadow of man United that we've been used to seeing over the years, aren't they? Yeah. Let's, let's be real. And, we done a really we done really well to get a point at the Emirates when you see City have just been done there. Do you know what I mean? So it's, 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 Dan, it's, 
I just don't expect too much at this point. Like I know, like I feel like we got more credit for the Luton game on like things like, on like match of the day, for instance. We didn't get a peep of praise, like other than oh, and Spurs were really good, weren't they? After the Liverpool game, like that's yeah, all yeah, we got. Yeah. Our, like after all our hard work and our spirit, but yeah. we actually got far more credit and talked up a lot more by match day pundits and then on match of the day for the Luton game. I think that's mainly because of the, the the influence Liverpool have over over the media narrative as well. Like everybody has to spend ninety nine percent of the time talking about the VAR incident, which was which was obviously something very important, uh, just to in terms of why they made that mistake and how they made it. But yeah, there's also football to be spoken about. I mean, I've seen people say if Declan Rice wasn't subbed off in the in the North London derby, Arsenal would have won. The game. That's bullshit. Because he's and not that. He weren't that effective going forward, was he? He was just playing well in the midfield. Like, <laughs> I mean, we don't even have to like go into the the the, the technical details behind why that. Why that? You, you know, you can't tran- You can't just say if A didn't happen and if it was B, then yeah, that's all. Whatever. That's all. That's all bullshit, isn't it? Like, I, I think what I'm just trying to say, ultimately, Spook, is just like I. I I, I'm like every Spurs fan where I want us to get praise when it's due because every side wants that. Everyone wants our, we, we want our like right amount of recognition on like yeah. from pundits and match of the day and stuff because because you feel like you deserve it, especially when you've won and you've won against like the sides that you've won and stuff like that. But I, if I take my Spurs hat off, like I'd probably be looking at let's say it weren't us that was doing what we're doing and it was. Well let's well let's say it was Arsenal, like before mm. they've had the season they've just had. Like you'd just be like, Well, it's fucking early days yet, so just just calm down and see what's that see well, what happens to be after fair, halfway through the season. So start of last season, uh they were they were quite fortunate in, in one or two of their games. I think when they started off at Palace, I th- I thought they were very lucky to beat Palace. Uh and they were riding their luck a little bit and then obviously they hit that momentum that drove them through all the way to the end before they bottled mm. it. So mm. So my point, my only counter to all this, when when I hear the the kind of deconstruction of every Tottenham result and like yeah. why why we we lucked out in every single game, is that I don't care that United are shit at the minute because you could argue that Spurs for a long period of time were also incredibly problematic in terms of going out there and doing the basics and we would get swept aside by top teams and we would struggle to win away from home against lesser teams that just powered through with a bit of yodi passion and the rest of it so you could like taking into account what you've said mm. kind of taking into account the sprinkles of what what i've I, i've said you could step outside of the, the discussion and look down and just say the more important thing above and beyond the results even believe it or not is the actual performance level of the players, yeah. the determination, the belief, the way they play for each other, the way that they that, that if you pick out parts of the 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 the, um, the 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 team, if you look at the defense, and you you know you, we can spend thirty five minutes, forty minutes talking about Romero and Mickey Van der Ven. You can talk about Basuma in the middle. You can talk about. Uh, the interchange and, uh, and movement of the of the front three and how they link up with the midfield. The, the, there's positives everywhere, and all the negatives are things that I think we're all accepting of. In turn, mm. and we get we get to them literally in a few seconds' time because I think the Luton game illustrate a, a, a number of those problems. Sure, um, it, it, is that all the negatives are not really negatives; they're just 
growing pains in the moment. And and the interesting thing to kind of wrap this up, and we might come back to it later to do to speak about squad depth is. Mm. Yeah, Spurs might be over overachieving at the minute, right? They might be they might be stealing results here here and there, but this is them doing so playing at the level that they're playing at. And if we improve on top of that, in injuries aside, then we'll be even better than we are, and we'll probably punish teams with a lot more uh, conviction and yeah. not have to steal points as people like to think we do in the latter stages of games. So. It's fucking good content Spurs are giving us. And the, the important thing is that we're both, well, not just us two, but everyone, we're enjoying what we've got thus far. I mean, who would have thought we were top, even if it's just a symbolic good start to the season, top of the league? No, I who think you spot on. That? I think you spot on. And look at that United game. You make a really good point, actually, that you don't care about the fact they're shit. Like, I think you're spot on. Because if you would, I, I guarantee you that Last season, we, the sort of season we were having last season, the way we started, like, and the, just because of the way we were playing, like, United would have lost all the other games they've lost this season, but they would have beaten that Spurs side last season. I, I guarantee yeah. you, yeah. because that's just how fucking weird and passive we were. But because we completely changed the way that we played this season, and we took it to them, and we wanted to dominate the game and the ball, and we were aggressive, we. We won the game, <laughs> whereas last it's, season we would have blown that. Spot on. It's a t- the first. Listen, let's wrap it up. The first eight games is like one of those teaser trailers for the for the next Marvel movie. Except it's it's not going to be shit like most of the Marvel movies are at the minute. So it's a <laughs> teaser trailer. For, and, and I'm a oh boy, yeah. Let's not talk about comics. But, no, that's a pod, um, that's a podcast. That's a podcast in itself altogether. <laughs> that's a lot. I, I like those movies. Is is my point? They're, they're brilliant. No, same, movies, yeah, yeah. but. When when you see a teaser trailer, you usually get pumped up and you get hyped up, and then you obviously have to wait until you see the entire movie and and digest it all. And I think in the minute we are getting a teaser of of what Spurs want to be. And you're yeah. right to echo a few things we've spoken about already. There's a lot of tests that we haven't had. We haven't, you know. Unfortunately, guys, everyone listening, Dan as well. We're gonna, we're probably gonna get slapped at some point, and it's gonna feel absolutely fucking awful. Boo! And and uh, we might not though. <laughs> That's the caveat. We might not, but if we did, you'd come out of it philosophical because you'd have to, and you'd know that we would learn valuable lessons off the back of that. Whereas I think in the past, our confidence in the team and the manager and the players, learning from the mistakes was not very high. We'd get those really annoying social media videos the, the, the Monday after the weekend saying, you know, you know, we've learned something and we're going to learn from this. And we, but they never learned anything. They never changed. And that's, you know, again, not to go down a Conte uh, rabbit hole. It's just the way that we were. Whereas at the moment, my confidence is extremely high. In yeah. I, I, I watch the game. I'm really happy. And Ange is probably really well, he's extremely happy that we are happy, but he's probably walking away thinking there were five things in that game I did not fucking like. Mm. Talking of which, um, Luton away was definitely, um, definitely the type of game uh, that a lot of people say it was a big game for Spurs, right? Can you get the result in this match and follow it up with a tricky away game, regardless of their form this season? Could we go to Luton and win, considering the whole Spursy thing? 
I kind of said before the game, the Spursy thing doesn't exist. It, that's that's someone else's problem. That's our problem. That's something we hold on to because we experience every manager and every football team and every player. This group of players and this manager, they don't know what that is, right? So we go into the game, potential banana uh, 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 skin. Wow, I'm not even drunk. <laughs> Holy shit. I am tired, though. So I'll put that Yeah, there. skin, uh, peel. Banana skin. Yeah, but potential banana skin. Um, that it was that type of game, just based on our history. Yeah, the way we started, like on any other Saturday, maybe that we're three or four new up, and it's oh, an mate. absolute murder, an mm. absolute murder. What were you thinking? We didn't put any of those chances away. Oh, I definitely started to think, oh no, it's going to be one of them fucking days, isn't it? Like when I, when I see Richarlison miss the first one, I thought, oh, here we go. And I I hadn't seen any sort of like replays or clip or or stills of like the shirt pull or anything like that until the game was done and I started getting some bits sent into WhatsApps and that. And you think, mm, fair enough, but I'll be honest, like, I don't I don't really care. Like I still think he should have scored that shirt pull or not. That's just my opinion. It was hard. I, I still think it was harder to fucking miss that. Can you get a penalty um, for that? Can you get a penalty well, for a shirt pull like I that? I don't know. I don't know what the how the, whether there's a specific rule around that because you know, like if you if a keeper's rushing out at you and you yeah. shoot, like Vicario done this against Brentford, I want to say earlier in the season, yeah. or, or Burnley, one of those games away where he came rushing out and the geezer had a shot, but because they shot and even though Vicario clattered into them, it weren't a pen because it's like they've got the advantage by taking a shot. Like, they're no longer in control of the ball. Do you get right, what I mean? Okay, yeah, but, yeah, yeah, So yeah. I don't know if it's a bit like that where, like, you're literally in front of the goal. You've got to, like... I don't know. It's, it's a bit of a weird one. I'm not trying to say it's exactly the same, but, like... the Liverpool obviously got a penalty on the same day for, I would I would say, somewhat a similar challenge. I think the one against the Liverpool player was a lot more obvious, I have to be honest. It was just awful defending from Brighton. Whereas I didn't even notice what the uh, Luton fella did. I just saw Richarlison. Richarlison didn't appear or anything. I just saw, I just saw him miss the shot, you know? So where he didn't appear either tells me he wasn't bothered by what happened at all. Yeah. I mean, it, there's, there's obviously still something lacking, right, from our forward play. I mean, obviously, Harry Kane. Um, because if Kane plays in that game then we've buried them. And in fact, if Kane played in any of the games this season, you know, I, th- I think um, we would have put the games to bed a lot earlier and with a lot more finesse. But, that, quite that's... Ca- but that's, the, that's the whole counterproductive stuff that we can't help though, isn't it? Like... No, I know, I know. I, and the thing is, like the other thing that we, we said, had Declan Rice played the second half, doesn't really matter in this universe right now because Kane is not part of this team. And we have evolved into a team that can can score from any position. There's there's a far more kind of um, there's a, there's a, there's a, a more there's more synergy it, just in terms of the way that the players chip in and move and attack. You know, the way Romero you know is 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 far more comfortable in his in his role within the team rather than a, like a, a cameo player that he, that he was um, during the World Cup season and the way he brings the ball out the way. Obviously, Mickey van der Ven, you know, he scores. We get to that. Just ev- everyone's doing their bit. But when you go, when you get into the, the mechanics of the front three, you know, you've got Son who's Son. But if Son has an off day, if Son's not quite on it, 
Mm. You kind of still need you, you kind of still need someone up top that is completely and utterly comfortable with the football that he's playing. And and Richie, you know that second chance that he had where he just needed to connect with power, lift the ball off the ground for starters. You know any other player you think in form. And and there's a lot of them. You know, you look at other teams. You look at Watkins at Villa. You you look at one or two others, and you think they're just they're just confidence players, right? At the minute, they're just. I'm not saying you know it could be a purple patch for the, for those guys as well, right? And and they might have a run of games where they're just not able to connect with anything. But the Richie thing doesn't seem like it's. I just I don't know at this point whether this entire Tottenham experience is just too much for him. I want him mm. to be a success, but I also. I also feel that we need absolute killers in in in, in those positions. Otherwise, do we're you, not going to. Do you not, we're not, do you not have a feeling like with him though? But do you not have a feeling with it? Like I, I'm, you know, like I, I proper back this guy. I've really like spoke him, talked him up like on yeah, pods, yeah, yeah. and like, I've like I've, I really really want him to do well. But at yeah. the same time, I feel like I'm lying to myself. Like if I'm mm. telling myself he's it's going to work, like that's just what that's just the feeling I have. It feels like it's not going to work at the moment. It just has that feeling about it. And when I say and then someone's going to ask me, well, what does it mean when it, what do you mean, what does work mean? Like, does that mean he's going to score 20 goals a season? No. Like, no, but at this, exactly. And, but like, and I never, I don't even expect that of him. Like, I've, I've still said, if he can score like around 10 goals this season in the league and still like play well, considering when everyone's fit, I don't think he starts anyway. Like, I think Brennan Johnson, a fit Brennan Johnson starts that game on, on Saturday. Yeah. So I don't think he even starts anyway, because Son's clearly the, the first choice centre forward, isn't he? Yeah. So I mean, is this is this is this just the classic case of the Dempseys? It's, it's just, just too... got oh, it's just it's just got the soldados about it, mate. It really does. Okay, that's, like, that's probably a I think. Comparison. Do you know what it? Do you know what it is though? I feel like it, I do actually prefer him out on the left, and I don't know, like, because he played there more more than people realise for Everton on that left hand side because obviously yeah. Dom, when Dominic Calvert Lewin was playing well. Richarlison weren't playing through the middle, no way. Like Dominic Cavalluan was the centre forward, so yeah. Richarlison would either have to play off the left, which he mainly yeah. did, or off the right. And he always looked pretty, pretty decent off the left. And the thing is, when he's then being played as a winger, if you if you was to label him as that, like that you're a winger, like you're a wide player, the goal expectation goes well down all of a sudden, doesn't it? Because he's not yeah. the number nine, the main striker type thing, but because. He's he plays as centre forward for Brazil, and we've obviously been trying to persist with him as a centre forward for for us. Like, I think whenever he's played wide for us, I think he's looked better in games than when he plays through the middle. Like, just yeah. generally in his play, I feel like he's more involved, and his pass completion, his passing is just generally better, and I think his hold up plays better. But I think when he goes in centre forward positions, I think he gets isolated and then loses his. Sort of battles with the defender more. He doesn't and seem I... natural in, in, in when he's playing through the middle, which which is mad because last season we were literally all saying it, playing mate, through it, the it mass- middle. And yeah, then... it, it massively sounds like we're revising history here, doesn't it? But at the, yeah. but, but, <laughs> but, but, but but like I think we can when we're sitting. We, I don't think it's revising history. I think we're just saying like we've seen him play far more for us in wide positions than through the middle, and yeah. I don't think it's a ridiculous thing to say that. He's just simply looked better and yeah. more worthy of his so, minutes when he plays there than through the middle. So when 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 we're when we're like uh, we're dipping and out the squad depth thing because I think it's relevant to bring it in here. Like if you're thinking 
ahead if you think it's the next season. Obviously, a lot of people that I've been speaking to, uh, like family and, and, and obviously everyone else, you know, they're saying he's gone. He's gone in the summer. He's got to be sold. Why does he need to be sold then? Is he is he is he being sold because Spurs will like for like want that classical number nine to come in, and it's mm. and it's just getting rid of that that position in the squad or replacing that player, um, or do you reinvent him and then just have an extra player uh, on the wing, or do we have too many wingers because we've got a fair few people out injured at the moment, right? You could do you could have... look at him as like a um, you know like Joe Linton at Newcastle. Fucking bought yeah. him as a centre forward. Literally was I don't think he's ever played centre forward. I think he was always either a winger or a centre midfielder, like before that. So yeah. and don't get me wrong, he obviously tried to do a job for him. He just looked like a shit centre forward, didn't he? Like he just looked like a, a lump who just didn't look like that effective. Like he just yeah. wasn't wasn't scoring many goals, didn't look like a poacher. Um as soon as he got stuck wide or in centre midfield, he just started bossing games, didn't he? he just looked yeah. much more suited. And yeah. I think that there is a bit of that. I think there's something in that with Richarlison to a certain extent. Like, I get he plays number nine for Brazil, but they've got totally different players and a way of playing than what we have. But uh, I guess where I'm going with this is, is, is if you're looking ahead to next season, because obviously the big thing about this season is we don't have a big squad. We would not be able to handle European football with the squad that we have right yeah, this yeah. moment. So, And that was the whole point of the work we did during the summer transfer window. Uh, and probably the slow progression into buying the next phase of play is next summer to be able to compete in Europe. Do you keep Richarlison then? Or is it too early to pass judgment? Much like it's too early to say Spurs might get in Champions League football after eight games. Is it too early to talk about Richie in Mm. in terms of beyond next summer? Do we just have to sigh and wait and and see what happens? Yeah, I don't want to push him out because he's he's generally like... I said on the chat the other day to Adam that... I'm kind of open to what he said on the podcast last week with you that maybe he's one we look at selling in January if offers come in for him yeah, if I you can get some cash. Likely. But yeah. I don't think it's likely for two reasons. I just don't think anyone's going to offer them anywhere near the money that we paid for him. And you know what Levy's like. Like he ain't going to just sell someone for twenty million less than what he yeah. bought him for eighteen months earlier just because we can. Like ultimately, he's still a player that can be utilized. And all right, he might not start every single game, but I think he's still effective when he comes on as a sub. I think he's still effective in wide positions. He's still gonna have good games. I think, unfortunately for him, it's just gonna. He's just gonna. He's just got expectations thrust upon him because he was sixty million quid, and that's never a player's fault. But that's the way it is. Like those expectations are gonna be on him. Um, mm. He's never a sixty million pound player. He's never no. a fifty million pound player that Everton paid for him. You know, like I don't. He's just one of those where. He's a victim of the transfer market in its guise of being yeah. ridiculous, of like ridiculously high fees for players that don't really warrant it. Whereas, non, I think if you if we say if say we'd spent twenty five or thirty million quid on him, I think we'd be all right with him, wouldn't we? Like, yeah, probably. Like just Maybe, being a, being a decent wide player. It's hard to <laughs> say, isn't it? But it's just no, exactly. Just... I Spurs just just. Uh, kind of just as it's relevant I guess to this we have announced uh, the appointment of a technical director uh, who starts work from the 1st of November mm-hmm. uh, if he's lucky if, 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 it, if uh, <laughs> he isn't a repeat of Scott Munn uh, but I think he I think he left Aston, he was at Aston Villa he was uh, Yo, Yo, Johan Lang Lange, think, uh, Lange, it? Lange, it's be Lange is it Lange, Lange? Lange. 
I was got an I, E okay. at the end of it. So yeah, I don't. I don't know. I think maybe Lange. Okay, Johan. So he's uh, um, I th- from what I understand, I'm, and I'm just stealing this from a tweet that I've seen that he's meant to be more of a backroom operator. Is how he's been uh, compared to Paratici. He's obviously you're you're out in the open with his mobile phone type yeah. of uh, geezer. Uh, goes to away games and the lot. Um, so this this is going to be interesting because it, he obviously helped Aston Villa sign a lot of decent players, um, kind of helped the reboot over there. Uh, so there's a lot of data and scouting, as you would expect, because Spurs are leading with a lot of data at the minute and they're kind of restructuring the infrastructure within the club when it comes to player acquisitions. So I don't know. I'm not an expert on, on, on the players that he signed and it doesn't really matter because he's at a different type of club now. Um, I guess it's good. It just means that Spurs are... I don't know what it means for Paratici. I don't know if that, that means Paratici's done. I've got a feeling that he, he'll just continue consulting in the way... Well, I don't see the, I don't the, see the harm in it, has. really, because if, if you've got someone like him who... I mean, first of all, on getting this geezer in, his box ticked, isn't it? Like, that was one of Munn's... That was, like, top of his shopping yeah. list, weren't yeah. it? Like, it's it's things to get exactly. done since he's in. So he's got that done and well done for, for, for sorting that. Um, in terms of Paratici, like if he's just, it's a bit like having a contractor or a full-time employee, isn't it? Like if you're just paying him as a contractor, like a recruitment agent or something like that, where you're literally just going to have him sort of like feeding you bits of information or advice on who to maybe sort of like look at in certain markets, whether it's like certain areas of Europe, which is what we, the it's it's the territory that we know Paratici specialises in, isn't it? Yeah. And like, and if you've got this other guy who's then going with a different type of approach rather than um, do you know what I like to compare it to? So, like, I work in recruitment myself, and then you've got like, aye, aye. sort of different ways of like recruitment, basically, yeah. like within the market. You've got like your typical recruitment agents and stuff, and they tend to be like grafters and obviously very contact based in what they do. In what they do, like, and obviously they yeah. build up years of experience of contacts that 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 they'll rely on, basically. And like, you know, so if, say that they're working with a client, they'll recommend like a, I don't know a candidate let's say or a player in this in this sort of like analogy um to a client and it's all kind of like based on that sort of level of trust do you know what i mean like based on reference and stuff like that whereas yeah. you then will have others who maybe work in a bit more of a team based approach where they'll have like um different types of assessments different types of assessments and things that they actually you know data points that they'll look at so they have a bit more of a technical um sort of data-driven approach to the work they do so there's just and i think it's good that if you've got different types of like people in those roles offering different approaches because you're likely to then um have a better view of the majority of the market rather than sort of having two people doing the same thing recommending the same people that's pointless again it's you want synergy off the pitch as well as on it and you and You know, you're talking about 60 million quid on Richarlison. You're talking about a similar amount of money on uh, uh, Tungai and the Celso, who I, I keep forgetting exists. You know, Spurs, I'm not saying that Spurs shouldn't go out there and spend 80 million on a player if they're absolutely certain that, that player, you know, fits in and is a necessity for progression. But also, don't mind us spending 25 million on the likes of Bissouma, who. Um, is someone we missed uh, for large parts of the game, or the second yeah. half, uh, mainly because of his incredible ball retention, which probably didn't help things uh, it just in turn. Well, actually, it didn't make that much of a difference, to be fair, because Spurs persisted with, with the percentage and the stats in terms of holding onto the, onto the ball. Um, 
But Basuma not being on the pitch for the second half is probably more the talking point. Yeah. I think we just missed him as a body, to be honest. Like we just yeah. you could tell that we started have it getting overrun in certain areas and they would have an overload like you know, they they would just have a spare man on their attacks Which is a lot. Expected. Yeah, of course it is. And the way we play, going forward with the high line and stuff, like we all we all we really did was take a forward off and not replace them in yeah. the end yesterday. Do you know what I mean? That's basically what we did. But I mean at the same time, like when you because we we're throwing people forward and we've got such a will to try and attack when it then comes to defending it's going to be even harder and you know luckily it was Luton against better opposition we probably could have got punished it's funny trying to compare it to the Liverpool game because that that game they they lost a couple of plays and and the and the game the the game dynamic between Spurs and Liverpool didn't change all that much Liverpool just kept playing the way they were playing whereas we didn't deal with it in quite the same way but again I don't like making like for like comparisons because it literally isn't the same bloody game we're away no, from not, home no 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 Luton completely different atmosphere completely different type of football you know they had chances um we get to that in a moment but like Basuma's yellow cards has been a problem this season right so he's 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 I don't want to say take one for the team because sometimes I think they're avoidable yellow cards the the one on um, Saturday definitely was just just that's my punditry, um, but obviously the dive was just incredibly daft and naive. Well, it was naive from someone with so much experience. He knows he's fucking, not going to get. It was fucking stupid. Yeah. I was so annoyed when I saw it. Like I, I get that. Like people I was trying to be kind. Defend... No, I think people. <laughs> I, 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 I was. I was. Nah, because I was. I was so annoyed because like I think people were trying to defend him after the game just to sort of say, oh well, everyone does it, and it's like. He's on a no, yellow. No, he's no. on a yellow card already. Like no, that, no when he done it, when he done it, it literally like we were obviously starting to get a bit frustrated that we weren't three 0 up, like which we basically should have been by by the end of the first half. And he done it quite late into the first half as well, didn't he? Like in the forty odd minutes like, into the game, yeah. and he basically it just reeked of oh, we need to we almost engineer an opportunity to score here where we wouldn't normally have one. So it's like he's thought, oh, let's just try and buy a free kick here and I'll get away with this. And it was a bit, it was just obviously stupid what he's tried to do. But to then do it when you're on a booking already. Like, just keep running, mate. I don't, I don't know why he felt he needed to go I think he would Look, I point. think he might have lost the ball, right? So I think he was, he's probably done it because he's thought, oh shit, I've run into a cul-de-sac here and I'm just going to yeah, lose the ball. He's surrounded but, by and, and And someone, I, I can't remember who it was at the weekend said, I think he's just anticipating the contact. And it's like, it's just not an excuse. Like I get it. Yeah. Like and players do that, but you can't do that when you're on a yellow card. You've got to be so smart. Like just now lose the, the ball and then just and then go and win it back. Like don't fucking do that. The problem with that, the problem with the red card is that now he's back to four yellows. Yeah. So, so you know what's going to happen? He'll play against exactly. Palace. He'll play against exactly. Palace and he'll get fucking banned for the Chelsea game, won't he? Exactly. And <clears throat> excuse me, Chelsea obviously getting a bit happy at the minute because they 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 pumped Burnley. So you you know what's going to happen by the time we get get around to the Chelsea game, they'll be banging form and they'll be a completely different team to the one that we've been laughing at at the start of the season, which is yeah, fine but, because yeah, but it, it, fucking Burnley have only won one game this season, didn't they, or something stupid? Oh, you saying our five two there was another game that we can dismiss as being a fluke? What at Burnley? Yeah, yeah. Well, what, what do you mean? It sounds like you don't rate Tottenham, mate. That's what I'm saying. No, no, no. <laughs> but my point I'm trying to make is that like no, Chelsea just... ain't fucking beaten anyone this season. No, they've know, beaten, I they've know. literally beaten Luton and Burnley. 
and I think that's it. I think that's all they've beaten I this think, season. I think, I think you're right. I think you're right. So, whereas we've beaten everyone we've come up against except Arsenal and Brentford, sorry. So, the two games we've drawn, we've won all the others. And like they've, that they've sort of looked okay after going down against Burnley, who aren't great in the Premier League, as it turns out. Hmm. Um, and, and I think they won... They might have. I think they might have won two 0 or something like that against Luton. I can't remember, but yeah, I'm not. I, I'm not really worried at this point. I'll only start to worry if they like. I know they beat That's Fulham big. as well, didn't they? Uh, but, but you know, you're right. They did. They 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 slapped Fulham. Fulham were absolutely beautiful. Just, can, just cancel me. I'll, I'll, I'll just just delete. It's all fine. That. I, it's it. fine. I ra- I slightly rattled you there because you you. I don't think you could read uh, <laughs> where I was going with it, mate. Just um, fuck off, innit? Like they're Chelsea. Like fuck them cunts. I don't care. But, but <laughs> we need Basuma for that game because he will run. Yeah, we do in the in the middle. So it is it is a little bit. But do you know what? This is another thing, right? Ange Postecoglou will probably likely play him against Palace and tell him, take some responsibility. Yeah. Go out there. Don't get booked. He ain't going to not pick him against Palace just because he's worried about Chelsea. Like, it's not how he's going to be as a manager. Like, I think we know that about him enough now. It's like, well, it's not my problem. I want you to play against Palace. So you're going to play. Well, look, P- and then... Basuma, Basuma gets a red card. Right. Yeah. Off, off he goes. What are you thinking at half-time? Are you thinking this is? I think it will win. Line? I'm thinking we'll win the game still, but like I just think it's going to be tight. I thought it would either get be a case of we get like one, and even with ten, with that they might sort of like implode a little bit. Do you know what I mean? Like the floodgates open, where they then sort of going for it. Um, but that didn't really even happen after we went one 0 up, to be honest. So um, shows what I know. There we are. But it, but it was it was it, it, it was interesting, right? Because like that second half, like if if you know, it's one of these things again. If they had better players up front, but it's Luton, so they're not going to have better but, players. But up they front. don't. So, so exactly, you can't so, help that they don't. It, it, it's 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 this convoluted argument again that's being used against us. Oh well, if if Liverpool had scored that Diaz goal and it wasn't ruled offside, you would blah blah blah. But those things didn't happen, and they were. I mean, they were. I don't want to call call them a complete shambles up front, but they were incredibly wasteful. Oh, well, um, there was one of them when it went Adebayo, I think, who he slid in he with doing? like he's basically slid in doing. with the wrong foot. I was yeah. watching what Ian Wright was saying. It's like you've just literally got to let that hit your left foot and it yeah. goes in. Like, a, what are you doing? It was easier to do that than, than what he did with the ball and, and the way that he pulled it off the pitch. There was uh, that and the header as well. I can't remember the, who, who it was that headed yeah, it. Yeah, uh, clear header. There was another opportunity. I think he might have hit one of our players actually and gone and gone off for a corner. Um, mm. There were a few in there, right? But Spurs again to to go back to to our narrative, the, the one that we we should be celebrating. We didn't panic. We didn't capitulate. No one defend- lost their heads in any way. Defended really fucking well, man. I mean, I mean, let's talk about that because Romero, and Mickey Van der Ven, they every single week we 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 seem to we seem to just like sit back and 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 just and just talk about them uh, as though they've been playing together for for years. They're, they're they're so they're so good on the ball, off the ball. They're solid as fuck. Mickey Van der Ven is a fast fuck. Um, yeah. And it just again, it's if you want to talk about foundations within the the, the team itself, if you, if your defense is confident um, and in control, then it just allows the rest of the team to do what they're meant to be doing. 
you're not always looking back and you're worried about you know how they're going to deal with this attack how they and you know they had that little incident where the ball was you know crossed the line obviously it was disallowed because of a foul on Romero um but other than that um, and that was in the first half was that yeah that was in the first half wasn't it when they mm, did that mm. so we so we can we persisted you know apart from the counters where and, and apart from a couple of patches where Luton was a little bit on top Spurs again they weren't rattled about it what about the bit of skill for Madison Madison again again just creating something with, with just a lovely just a lovely kind of um uh, acceleration to to create the space Mickey van der Ven kind of shown his body for the ball receives the ball just it comfortably places it in um limbs and and that's the one nil yeah no that was that was it was such a good goal to be fair it was really well worked because we went we'd been we'd been sending the balls in and not really getting much we weren't really getting much out the corners when we were sending them in, to be honest. Like no mm. one was really getting on the end of anything. They they defended quite well in terms of their set pieces. Luton, I'll give them credit for that. But then all we did was we just switched it up. Madison then just you know completely like rolls someone, doesn't he? And then just gets past them with, with ease. And then the finish from Van der Ven, like it's just cultured, wasn't it? Like the finish, yeah. like he's just it's he's so just. He just let it run across his body and just side footed it in like he was a, like he was a fucking centre forward. Like, it's ridiculous! So Such a good it's finish, so good. man. And the, ce- the celebrations were great as well. It's funny how every every Spurs game of the minute, there's like like I want to say three or four images off the back of the official, let alone the stuff that Sam Cornish uh, uh, um, takes. Mm. Uh, the photographer, if you're not f- familiar with him, just I'm, I'm sure you are, but just... Uh, yeah, his stuff is sick, isn't it, to be fair? Exactly. Find him on um, Twitter and, and Instagram. Uh, but the stuff that the, the, the official site releases, like so, so we were talking about how many screensavers per game are Spurs averaging now. Forget about XG. It's like <laughs> <laughs> how many screensavers out of every single game, and it's this again. It's this. It's this thing that we've. This it's it's a really basic thing, and not everybody has it all of the time uh, as well. It's not that we've been deprived of it, which is something that we keep saying on this pod and, and everywhere else. But we have we have a genuine connection to these players. We're proud of these players. We we get their weaknesses. We appreciate their strengths. We we know it's early days. Blah 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 blah. We know we've got all those caveats. We're completely aware, but it's just this this uh, just this identity that we haven't had. And, and Spurs players are wearing that badge, you know, with, with the pride that we want them and expect them to to have. When 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 they're when they're wearing our colours, even if it's that dodgy brown, grey, purple, whatever the fuck it is, away shirt that that we wore away to Luton, um, and it reminds me of the the kind of prime Pochettino um, years where you know there were limbs on so many occasions, just for everything, you know, wasn't swan- it? Oh my god, it's like Swansea away. Although you know. Get this, oh, there was mate, so game. <laughs> there was so many so many celebrations in amongst the fans, and that's at the height of Spurs. Really, you know, we were in our element. We were as good as we we, well, unfortunately now as good as we actually got. And mm. and obviously, I'm not comparing it to, to uh, Postecoglou Spurs like for like pound for pound now because we we are in just very we're early stages of phase one. Yeah, but. 
still, considering how much we've struggled with, with not having good content to watch, going to games. Um, it's fucking wonderful that, you know, we're, we're doing what we're doing. Um, and, and, and people like Mickey van der Ven and others are, are just becoming, you know, I don't want to say heroes, but they, they're, they're, they're people that you love. Like eight games in, and we've decided he's a good signing now. But whereas in the summer he was the cheap option compared to he was option number two compared to Tapsoba. Um, we might be saying the same thing about Tapsoba had we signed him. To be fair, but again, mm. that's another universe. You know, we, we're dealing what we've, with what we've got at the minute, and what we've got is pretty good. And talking about pretty good, uh, Kulisevsky leading the line was uh, a bit of a warrior on on Saturday. Yeah, he ran his bollocks off, didn't he? I thought yeah. he was so good. Like, I think one thing he's been so good for this season is just like he's. he's sh- I think he's shown a bit of a different side to himself this year that we've not really seen. Like when he first came in, he looked like a sort of tricky winger, didn't he? Who mm. you know is full of silk and can curl shots into the top corner and you know deliver good crosses and beat players and all that sort of stuff. And he's more than that. Like I think he's his ball retention this season's been so good. Like I think. You talk about you needing an outlet at times, don't you? And whilst he might not have like electric, electrifying pace that can just get you up the field, I think one thing he does is that he just simply doesn't lose the ball. And when you're in those higher positions in the pitch, and you just need to keep possession and keep things ticking over, yeah, like he gives you, he just gives you that. Like the amount of times they just find they find him, and he'll just simply back into an opponent, and he might be able to beat them still, but he'll just make sure that he either wins a foul or kicks it off him and wins a throw or. They're not getting that ball off him. Do you know what I mean? He's not. He's not losing the ball. Uh, as simple as. And I think he, he's 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 doing. He's obviously doing something right because I think there's been a few games this season where I feel like he's missing. And I'd sort of like suggesting like either to a mate or to a, in a WhatsApp group that I think we maybe need to get him off for someone. And we've got a few injuries at the moment, so we can't do that at will really at the right now anyway. Mm. Um, but even when they're fit, he's been. Andrew's been leaving him on there, so he, and I think that there's clearly something he's doing that the manager likes. You know, like he's not he's not been sub he's not been quick to or seemingly keen to try and sub him at any given at any time at all. Um, he's going to need it at some point because otherwise he's going to get knackered through the season, right? Yeah, but for sure. But like for now, he's he's doing a job and he's working really hard for the team. You can see that he's a proper, you know, he'll do he'll do what's asked of him, won't he? Like. Centre forward, boss, no problem. Number ten, mm. yeah, I'll do that. I'll, I'll go wide, left or right. Yeah, but you're still like, kind of hoping. It. You're still kind of hoping that he does find that that form that he had under Conte. Well, he's got, well, he's got two Where, goals this season, hasn't he? Yeah. Like, and he, he 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 nearly fucking scored at the weekend as well. I mean, their keeper pulled off oh, some really yeah. good saves. Do you that know what I mean? A, like that was an effort and a half, and that was a good, very good save. Yeah, um, so he was unlucky not to score, so, and I think he'll still get goals. I put it this way: I think he'll get more goals in the league than Richarlison this season. I, I really do believe that. Yeah, so he's looking far more likely, a, a far, far more natural finisher, which is it's weird, right? Yeah, yeah. It's berserk when you think about Richarlison and the way that he does play for Brazil, even though he has struggled a little bit, and, and obviously we know that Richarlison's had uh, some some problems off the pitch. Personal problems that are probably, yeah. well, not probably, it's affected him as it would affect anybody if if you're having personal problems and then you have to go to work. Um, however, you know, you, you you it's one of those things where you want to see, you know, again, you just you want to see him do well, and you want it, want it, you want him to, if anything, use use the football pitch as an escapism, you know, because you're out there, 
you shouldn't really be thinking about anything on on the outside i know it's 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 a hard subject to wrap your brains uh, um around because everyone reacts differently and everyone's affected differently but yeah um, we well, like you i don't know if you watched the beckham documentary he was no, saying not, that he not just yet. so like well, i won't without giving away too much to be honest like he, he's just saying that even during, you, if you think about that period, I think it was it was ninety eight, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, I remember it well. Yeah, yeah. Like, and and then like, Unfortunately. I, I, I don't, I don't like really, and I'm quite glad for it because I don't really understand like what the fuck it was all about. To be honest, it was disgusting. But outside of that, like he just treated playing for Manchester United as an escapism. Like once he was on the pitch, he was fine. He forgot about everything else and just could get on with his football, and that's where he felt safe. And I think. Yeah. I think that some players can be like that, but then even now, I just feel like it's such a different age in that sense where we are in this social media world and all, and all yeah. the rest of it. Like, I don't know if Beckham would have been quite, would have felt quite so safe. Like, had he been playing now compared to then, like, literally, you can't answer that, right? Like, you'd you'd have to like look at alternate universes to figure that out. But yeah. like, like Richardson, I just think it doesn't help when he's playing away because I think the opposition crowds clearly get on him as well. Like mm. he misses and it's the oh chance go up and all the rest of it. He's got and, to be strong. He's got to be strong. Yeah, he does. But I think you know, as long as he, I think as long as we stick with him in the home games, that's what's really important. You know, like keep supporting him and the the away fans give him loads of support wherever they go. Like you hear his song being sung all the time. You know, so yeah. they're still. I don't think he'll ever lose the fans as long as he no, keeps no, no. working hard. Exactly, exactly, and that and that I think is just testament to the the atmosphere that we have under Postacoglu. I think it's a, it's a, it's it's a, it, it's protecting everybody, right? So it's it's protecting our experience. We're enjoying it, knowing full well that we've got a long way to go, and, and at the same time, we're buying into the players, even the ones that are struggling a little bit. We're we're, we're gonna. I, I want to end. I want to end the pod with a scenario though, because I know we've spoken about this. Um, and we might talk about it a little bit more in, in the Patreon section. Um, but, okay, let's just say, let's just say we come back from international break and we just, we just keep on winning, Dan. Like, we don't, you know, we might lose a game, but we just, we, you know, we, we've, we've played five of our eight games away from home. You know, something that people want to ignore. We haven't had, you know, the uh, comfort of playing most of them at home like other teams. Um, but we just keep on winning, and you know, City are, City are going to be out there regardless. Obviously, they're going to win the league. But let's just let me let me not just break the illusion for the moment. So ignore mm. that. How would you handle? How would your heart and mind handle if if it was a North London title race? If it was if it was us oh, and them not down the road, and and you know them not down the road. This is I was thinking about this over the weekend, right? Like last season, they were at their very, very best at a level that potentially they will never reach again. Okay, God willing, don't even believe in God, but I will for the sake of this. <laughs> and 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 City were an absolute fucking machine, and they got it done right. You don't have to be the very best version of yourself to win the league if your main competitor has dropped several levels down. Now, I'm not saying. City have dropped several levels down, but it might be a far more open season this year where teams lose a, a lot more games than than they should compared to other seasons. So Arsenal could still win the, you know, they could still be up there. I don't want to say the words um, mm. without being as good as they were last season, but it will be yeah. enough. But then that means we're closer 
we're closer to the current version of them lot, four years in the making, however long, than we were to if you compared us to next season. Now, we're we, we talking about this in Patreon about will squad depth, you know, Gary Neville saying, you know, we're going to be found out because we just haven't got the depth in our squad, right? And we, we cover that in more detail. But let's just say we keep winning and they keep winning. Like, what, where, where would you, that every game would feel like a cup final. And, you yeah. know, we, we haven't seen <laughs> one of them for a while. Um, it would, I'd, it would be great, but at the same time, so I'd, I'd really have to, like have some deep thought process in how I rationalise this because it's like if they were to win it, it's almost like I'd like and to know. Us to it. Well, I'd like to know if <laughs> they were if they'd won it and we were. You know, like when we finished second, but we were never in the title race because of how oh, far okay. Chelsea were ahead. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like if it was yeah. like that type of scenario, I could stomach it. It's horrible to the thought of stomaching that anyway because it's them potentially doing that. But if it like, goes down to the grim. last game of the season, oh fuck off! Like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be that would be. I'd be. I'd feel really nauseous. Um, but mate, I, I get nervous going into games against Luton away, mate. Do you know what I mean? I hate watching Spurs play football at the moment because it's like I hate and love it. Do you know what I mean? Like I really like love watching us do you, what you, we do. You're basically taking the question. You, you've answered the question already because yeah. there's that thing that we we felt under Pochettino where every game felt massive because we were we were trying to push to, to it a is like you get butterflies every game every game you had butterflies it was but just ridiculous that 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 kind of makes or breaks you right as well and as supporters we we want Spurs to be the best version and and, and if you're feeling that in every single game then they are delivering they are delivering the, the exact experience that you want and and you know to take it on onto the next level some teams have that every single season until they're good enough that they win everything at a canter and they don't mm. feel nervous anymore. They still probably feel excited when they, you know, they, they do bring it back and top the league and win the league over the likes of Arsenal or whoever else. But, you know, that's the thing that we, that's the thing that we want. The thing at the end of the rainbow happens to be a heart attack. Do you know, <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? It's not a pot of gold. It's literally a heart attack every single game because you, you are, genuinely feeling this nervous energy but it's also it's also it's also a high that the the it's like an extra layer on top of the excitement and 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 do you know what i'm saying so it's... yeah but do you know what it is with us i've always i've always had this thought about spurs where like i don't know what i'd i don't know if i'd like almost feel such a sense of like fulfillment if we if we ever won the league or we ever won the Champions League, like I think the league more so because the league's almost harder to win, right? Do you yeah. know what I mean? It's much harder yeah. to win the Champions League. Like I think if we won the Champions League, I would still have the same feeling every season of wanting more, like I do now, right? But yeah. if we actually, if I ever saw us win the league, I feel like that would be almost like a weird, like sort of bucket list type thing. Like you'd never stop loving Spurs, but I don't know if I. I feel like I would almost be worried about losing something, like for what happens after that. Like I've seen us do it now, so like, and I don't expect us to ever be one of these teams like a Man City that does it over and over again to the point mm. where it's fucking boring. Do you know what I mean? Where like, so yeah, it's just it's just kind of like I I, I do I I hope that I get to experience that in my life sometimes, so that I either like carry on being like supporting Spurs in exactly the same way I do now as if 
we've never won it or I almost like and relax because I've seen us do it. It's weird. It's such a weird thing. I mean, this is like a dissertation type subject because the thing is we can only talk from the perspective we're sat at, which is that we haven't experienced that right for ourselves. Right. So Mm. we're trying to guess how we will feel after the fact, you know, will we lose the hunger? Is, Is it the fact that the journey's over because we've reached that, that summit that suddenly football doesn't feel as, it doesn't feel the same way anymore because the very thing that we've always wanted, we've, we now have. And because we have it, you, you, what do you then chase? What do you then want? Now, obviously, some clubs, like you said, are, are serial winners because of the setup and the, the history that they have in, in the very short-term past, that they are expected to win things. But even that dilutes their experience because it isn't that big of a... Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm saying it again from the perspective of, of a Spurs fan. I mean... Personally, I would love us to dominate for 10, 10 years because we will shut down and break football you know, <laughs> to the point where it just wouldn't... Do you know what I mean? It would be torture for every other fan base on the planet. It would be incredible. And we would just be... We wouldn't know where to look. We'd just run out of trophy cabinet space, right? But it would be more special if we'd just done it the once. And you have, and you have that <laughs> moment in time... Where you think this is this is exactly what we've been begging for and what we've been we've wanted to feel this 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 experience and now we felt it and it would almost feel for me like it doesn't matter what happens after that point I can just say I had that in my lifetime we you know yeah. we won we 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 set out we won the league we achieved it but being being football supporters and being the club that we are we will probably then expect to repeat it at some point or remain competitive and that's what. You know that's what Poster Cogley wants to do, right? Yeah. He wants to do that. So, well, look, um, let's let's end the main pod there. Uh, we've done about an hour. We've done sixty-one minutes. There you go. Um, that number again. Uh, what we're going to oh, do dear. is, <laughs> <laughs> well, what we're going to do is we're going to chat a little bit more in the Patreon section, uh, a bit about togetherness, a bit more about the the rattled rival fan bases. Uh, January, the, the, this thing around depth. I think it's. I, th- I think there's 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 a discussion to be had over consolidation and what that looks like, and we'll chat about one or two other things as well. So, thank you for downloading on your podcast app. If you want the extra extended version, go to Patreon.com/forward/slash/Spooky in Purgatory. Up the Spurs, and I'll catch you on the next one. <laughs>